Something special is happening on the Dying Message podcast. We love detective anime, but today we've got something more, something different, something extra. I'm joined by my partner, Michael Savitsky, and our guests, Kai Bobby and Jim O'Donnell, to cover the 2006 live-action TV special, Detective Conan, The Letter of Challenge. How extra, you ask? If this podcast was a chewing gum, it would be sugar-free with spearmint flavor that lasts for at least 30 minutes. Are there, like, I was trying to come up with a joke about an extra gum ad, and I couldn't think of any. Are extra gum ads any good? The gum is still out there. Do they advertise? I think they stopped in the 90s, didn't they? Does anyone advertise gum anymore? Well, what about uh, Nine Gum? Oh, they do advertise that. They do. This podcast is gum from the 90s. That's what I was trying to say. Anyway, let's meet everyone, starting with me. I'm the host of this extraneous endeavor, Noah Max Levine, and I'm exceptionally excited to be here with our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky. I feel like this is the closest to, to anime we've gotten so far on our extra episodes, but this is a live action show, so which makes it not anime. What do you think are the differences between anime and what we watched for this podcast? Well, this particular thing couldn't decide how different it wanted to be from anime, because sometimes it tried to be anime and didn't do it enough, and sometimes it tried not to be anime and did it too mm. much. So it never got, got it quite right. There were kids like that in my high school. <laughs> mm. So yeah, so this is our 50th episode of this podcast. Can you all believe that? Which is why we're doing something super special and watching this uh, movie. It's a live action prequel to the Detective Conan series. So we'll tell you more about that as we get into it. But let's figure out who our guests are. They're not mystery guests. They're extra special guests this week. Our guests this episode are the two hilarious hosts of the Rotten Treasure movie franchise podcast. They are both improv comedians who spent time performing on the improv team Daddy Issues. Our first guest makes the art of embroidery look easy, while our second guest makes the art of embroidery look hard. Kai, Bobby, and Jim O'Donnell. <laughs> I like that. I also really love the image of Jim just struggling, like fucking, like, like a Swedish chef style failing at embroidery. <laughs> oh, I can see it just really mad and covered yeah. in bread. With bleeding fingertips. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> That was more a Kai fact than actually a fact about each of you, but you know. It's fine. I, I want more mm-hmm. attention. It's fine. You actually nailed uh, a fact about me, which is that I can't do embroidery. <laughs> there you go. Uh, welcome to Dying Message Extra, Kai and Jim. Hello. So Kai first and then Jim. On a scale of one to ten, how extra was this movie? How extra was it? Okay, well, Mike, you know, Mike just commented on some of the things that I feel were a little extra. Like, if you punch a, a concrete, like a concrete pillar, yeah, yeah, I guess you can just make it crack like ice, um, and that's a thing. Uh, but not wood. But not wood. Not wood no, boards. absolutely not. Important. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't punch the boards; yeah. she kicked them. Mm. So, and famously, karate punches are stronger than karate kicks. I'm going to I'm going to say course. like based on the entire quantity of the film I would say like it's like 2% extra like but those little extras were like I I think too extra. Like the whole movie is it's fine mm. like I watched it but there's just these little moments that like kind of were like what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's I do funny. like the, I I did like the sound effects though I, from time to time uh, or like when <laughs> Uh, was it when someone's name was coming up? They had little sound effects. It's just little random moments. A lot of people's names did come up, and they were like, <laughs> maybe when the four suspects' names popped up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even notice that. I'm so used to these sorts of things. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, extra enough. Yeah, I thought it was very extra. 
Ooh. everything about it like, because everyone was like, I've always wanted to be in an anime and everyone did their job. They were 100% anime characters. So Kai gave 2%. I'm going to give 9%. Wait, nice. out of 10. Good. 9%. So I guess I'm still less than one. No, I'm going to give a 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kai, are you grading on a milk scale? <laughs> no, what, I don't know what a milk scale is. Uh, we can 2%. Skim, 2% whole. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's my, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I thought and, oh, this was just something universally known. Like, you're, you're not just saying something weird. <laughs> oh, you know, the classic mill scale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm just saying that, like, I, I guess it just, now that I think about it, I'm just trying to think in terms of the entire quantity of the film, I just like every now and then there was like zany characters. I forgot what Ron's da- uh, dad's name is. What's his name again? Kogoro. I don't have my cheat sheet with me. Yeah. No, he was, he was great. Like, I thought... Like he was like he was really selling yes. it. Like I am I am in an anime. You will believe me. <laughs> and then also three like three kids in a trench coat guy with the mustache. Like wow. <laughs> <laughs> I made the exact same comment. Yeah. <laughs> like that guy was that mustache was so like comically stupidly fake. Also the literal pillow yeah, in it his was just, shirt. Yeah. That served yeah, as his padding. Yeah. <laughs> that's extra. Yeah, that's fucking extra. Also, Rand's dad had the fakest mustache i've ever seen you could see the tape sometimes <laughs> like, <laughs> okay so let's let's get a, a few things out of the way mm-hmm. so this is the very first live action detective conan thing that i believe they ever did they did three of these movies which then led to uh like a limited series of about 10 episodes and one of the things they are doing here is trying to like bring anime characters to life they don't do a ton of the anime characters in this movie there's a bunch of cameos but the two you called out, the first one is uh, Megare, who's the chief of police, who like Shinichi is a high school detective. And this guy is like truly believes in him. But also you were saying it like looks like he has um, like a pillow belly up his shirt yeah. and a really obvious fake mustache. Yeah, like he's sneaking something on a plane. Like that's the vibe he's got. <laughs> like. Obviously. It's such a wild choice because obviously they really wanted to use this actor f- to play Megare, despite the fact that he doesn't have Megare's like quote unquote body type. So they couldn't just let him be himself or pick an actor that is this like proportions that they wanted, but they picked this guy and his his Megare was some nonsense. Nothing like Megare from this from the anime at all. He was just a shouting guy. Very weird. I think they should have cast Michael Clark Duncan straight out of Daredevil when when he was Kingpin. <laughs> nice. He gained like 50 pounds for that role. Yeah. Why do you have Daredevil on the mind? <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just editing that uh, right before we got in here. So I have all three of your voices in my head right now, <laughs> right before popping. Oh, in. wow. Yeah. Well, if you want to make any jokes for us as we record this podcast, we, we, we don't mind breaks. I can't do your qual- like you have a specific quality joke style that i don't think anyone's <laughs> capable of just it can't i not can't that it. it's not that it's quality jokes. on the milk scale noah it <laughs> falls in the realm of cottage cheese <laughs> yeah you have very creamy jokes yeah so kogoro is the other character that we talked about mm-hmm. uh who was mm-hmm. like had did a very anime portrayal and also not a portrayal of kogoro in just about any I way i disagree i think he captured some elements of him he was the best part of this and anytime he was on screen i was like this is the greatest man alive he he I, understood what his job was they were like we're gonna make a live action anime and we want to make it as anime as possible and he was like got it 
I will throw myself 100% into this role. Yeah. He grew that mustache for this role. No, no he, he taped that mustache no. for this role. <laughs> Somebody grew that mustache and they shaved it off and they taped it on his face. <laughs> Michael, we clearly we have some desire to talk about this film. So it, I will pass back to you. Is there anything else that you think we need to know before we talk about it? Sure. Uh, this is the story of Shinichi Kudo, the high school detective. The end. <laughs> Someday he will be poisoned and shrunk into <laughs> no, a child. No, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I have honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I, I wish I had asked beforehand whether or not he would be a child at all during this film. And I'm sure if I listened properly, I would have known because you probably told me that that wouldn't be in this movie. Mm-hmm. The entire time, I'm like, why is he not a fucking small child? When is he gonna become a fucking small child? <laughs> That's the whole point of the thing. <laughs> as soon as it started, I did out loud go, "Oh, it's a prequel," oh, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, the second live action movie is not a prequel. Mm. They start as children and then something happens in the first 10 minutes, which like turns them into their adult selves for the duration of the film. Does he get a cold and drink some Chinese liquor? It's not that specifically. (laughs) It's something else. Both him and Haibara Ai, who enters at around 150, episode 150, Mm. get temporarily turned to their adult-ish selves. Like Tobias in Animorphs. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Detective Conan is a Tobias, of course. <laughs> I like to think that the reason that they got uh, larger is because they found that little like machine, that coin machine, and big, <laughs> and like that's how they got <laughs> the Zoltar machine. No, yeah, the Zoltar machine. Thank you so much. No, Jim. they got they got Shazammed. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. How many other things where a child is an adult or vice versa <laughs> is there? <laughs> Thirteen going on thirty. Mm-hmm. That was literally all they had, actually. <laughs> Freaky Friday is arguable. I was just trying to remember why I was reading a specific piece of Wikipedia trivia, which I have now remembered enough to know it's not relevant to share on the podcast. Ooh, teaser. So let's start talking about this movie. Great. Get those Patreon tears yeah, going. Went... That's the first one. <laughs> I know what the heck that is. <laughs> Look, we've got to leave something mysterious around here. Okay. I like it. I like it. So uh, how does this movie start? It starts with a whole bunch of narration setting up the premise of the movie. Which I, I wrote down a quote. This is a story right before I, Kudo Shinichi, turned into Edogawa Conan. So it's like literally a week before the incident happens that starts off the anime, him turning into a small child. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, how how popular is Shinichi with the ladies? Uh, I mean, uh, same as this anime, nine percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so forcibly popular, like just painfully, like I from the. I felt like, uh, I, I didn't write this down, but it feels like Step by Step uh, had sex with a music video. <laughs> like, it was just too, I don't know if that makes sense. There's just something no. about the... No, it didn't. <laughs> okay, well, it makes sense to me. Anybody else who's listening, it makes sense too. If the the way that the film, like, it moves around and kind of, like, going into school, it felt like very 90s TV show kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, what did I say it had sex with, Jim? A music video? A music, you know, no, no, and then it was like, okay, cool. It's really switched into just being like, oh, Shinichi's so cool, and like I could just see all of that to music instead of just like coming into school. Let me do a little rainbow kick over these girls, show them how cool I am, and then I was gonna say, look how cool he is. He could do keepy ups really well. Yeah, that was definitely that actor doing that. By the way, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> he was he was doing soccer stuff as he was walking around the street. Yeah, I'm sure it's just a total coincidence we never see his face and soccer at the same time. <laughs> I also like when all the reporters come up and they're like, Shinichi, say things to us. 
and he they're standing right in front of him and he's still doing keepy ups despite the fact that they're clearly <laughs> standing right where the ball would be i like the idea of interviewers how they like kind of bundle together like even when they don't need to like they're just like oh we should probably unite our bodies and then squeeze <laughs> real tight together while we interview this person yeah this is the, the first of many examples where this tries too hard to do the thing because yeah. in no depiction that I'm aware of in all of Detective Conan is Chinichi this popular with uh, the, with the ladies. He kind this of famous. is in the very first episode. He's like, like a little bit. Like he's watching himself on the TV and stuff in that yeah, first like episode. Yeah, like he was on the news. He wasn't like attacked by a group yeah. of, of news media. He wasn't a million love letters in his locker. Like it's, it's the over-the-top version of the truth. <laughs> Can anyone name... A real life famous detective that's not Elliot Ness. A real life famous detective? I don't know that there really are any. I mean, ask the host of a true crime podcast, maybe. This is a thing that happens a lot in media and also detective anime, where there is world famous detectives. They solve crime so well that they're... That they everyone knows who they are and they they like to interview them on the streets. I, I can't name a goddamn detective that's not a bad policeman who's famous for being bad. One of the important parts of detective fiction is giving like non the private investigators and stuff all this access to crime scenes, which like people that aren't police would not have in real life right. the opportunity to investigate twenty different murders. You know, like what private investigators do in real life. Maybe they're really good at it, but yeah, you're right. It's not like you're like, uh, this guy's going on Jimmy Kimmel and being like, let me show you all the shots I took of adulterers this week. <laughs> it's like famous famous private investigator shots Mick Johnson. Jessica Jones is probably one of the more realistic depictions of private detectives in that she spends a lot of her time taking mm. pictures of adulterers. And she there's even a line where she's like, I spend 90% of my time just Googling things. And I learned to Google things. <laughs> if you can search on the internet, you can be a detective. Where are people? Oh, I found the person. Cool. Thank you for my money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like they checked in. <laughs> right. But amidst this scene of like him being so popular with the ladies, a girl faints. <laughs> yeah. Because he's so smooth. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, people on the podcast attracted to male individuals. Mm-hmm. Was he hot? No. Oh, I like this. Uh, uh, <laughs> hot. Okay. Hot. Hot. <laughs> No, I still have an opinion. <laughs> I assume he wasn't played by an actual 16-year-old, so you can have an opinion. No, no, no. He's, he's, he's old enough for us to talk about whether he's hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, uh, better, as, a, yeah. as an actor, I want to be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, he looks like a fuckboy. <laughs> Amazon Prime reviewers did not think so. I think he's fine. I don't, I think, you know. But also, I just, I think for me at this point where I'm at, when I, like I'm like attracted to people, I'm like it doesn't help if you kind of are like being a douchebag in the context of mm. you trying to figure out how attractive you are. And like he's not a major douchebag, but I mean like he's definitely a cocky fuck. <laughs> he doesn't smile in pictures, Kai. <laughs> yeah, he can't. Hey, smile. How about no? How about I look wow, off into the distance thanks. and kind of look like I have to poop? <laughs> also, <laughs> that should have been relevant, and it wasn't. They they <laughs> took so much time out of that to be like, hey, we're taking a picture. They should have that should have been a relevant detail of the movie and it wasn't. <laughs> so meanwhile, the only other thing we really get in this scene is we know someone is out to get him because there's someone who's holding uh, like a photo they've taken of him. And so we don't have any idea who it is. They are wearing leather gloves. Mm-hmm. 
because if we saw their hands, we might start to guess who it is. It's OJ. We all know. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> we all know it. We've all That's seen so that funny. <laughs> when when I said, can anyone name a detective? My immediate thought was like, oh, yeah, Mark Furman. Because the only detective I can name is a detective who's bad at being a right, detective. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there is an interesting question about when this is supposed to take place, because it was released in 2006, but the anime started in 1996. So if it's a flashback to be, when that happened... It should maybe take but place also in But also episodes of the anime are airing in 2020 where they have modern smartphones and time no time passed. has passed. Yeah. <laughs> it's trapped in Simpsons logic. Yeah. It's the Simpsons. Yeah. It's like how they recently yeah. had an episode where Homer was young and it was like the 90s. True. They did that a long time ago where they had, uh, it was that 90s show where he invented grunge <laughs> because he, when he was in college in 1992, it was like, stop it. We all know that the Simpsons were a cultural icon at that year. (laughs) Oh, that is very weird. But fortunately, none of us are stuck in an unaging void. Mm, I don't know. I'm into (laughs) it at this point in my life. If I just stop. I mean, Mike did stop at 22. Why don't you let me into your unaging void, Michael? I am definitely not (laughs) in an unaging void. I would like to enter one, however, if one is available. (laughs) I started thinking about getting a hat just for when I walk to work because my head is going to get sunburned. Mm. How great is that? (laughs) I mean, you could go all Moira Rose and just get like 50 wigs with like different colors and just go to town. Oh, I think about it. (laughs) <laughs> I want it. Like, as honestly, like, I know that that's probably my future based on all of the uh, the people on my father's, well, my mother's side. Is that where you're supposed to fall it? Should be on your mother's side. Yeah, yeah, my mother's side. It's like 45. All this is going. Mm. So I'm ready for like, I'm going to fucking, I'm, actually, I'm going to, I might even do it early. Like, I'm just, she inspires me. Starting I now. want that. I might. Honestly, wigs are fun. I might. You know what my favorite detail, the quick aside, my favorite detail from Schitt's Creek is? Hmm. Sometimes she wears a wig on top of a wig. Yeah, just like a drag queen. Yeah, she wears a wig hat. Mm. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Anyway, she's wearing wigs on top of Kristen wig. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think this movie really has two main plot thrusts going on. Thrusts? Uh huh. Plot threads. Plot <laughs> contingencies. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, Conan was just so sexy. That, uh, that's all no I can think about. No, no. Shinichi was sexy. Conan is not sexy. Conan is sexy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. So Conan's a child. Yeah, yeah. Shinichi. Also a 16-year-old. <laughs> this is very off topic, but the uh, the other big detective anime, long-running detective anime show, is also about a high school detective, the Kendaichi Case Files. I don't know if anyone's going to call that big, but okay. It is, Yeah. They've been running for years. They've done lots of series. They have hundreds of episodes. That's big. Uh, they're now running a manga series, which returns and follows his life when he's a 30-year-old. Hmm. And I guess he just kind of has like a dead-end job now, but he comes back and starts being a brilliant detective again. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So two main plot thrusts. I like it. One is the mystery, and the other is kind of like his relationship, Shinichi's relationship with Ron and whatever is going on there. And it's something that we get in the very beginning of the the movie when he creeps on her and then fails to relate to her as a human being. And she punches through solid concrete. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on kind of the two of them and, and are they meant to be? Jim, you watched this with your girlfriend and presumably had to stop to make out because it was so romantic. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think we fell asleep during this one. Uh, <laughs> that's a kind of romance. Uh no together like romeo and juliet did 
<laughs> then he woke up. Wait, no, they died. Never mind. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Not even died. Killed themselves. Uh, and so, okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, not Shinichi and Ron. Yeah. yeah. Still oh, as far as I know. I don't know. I've never watched the anime. <laughs> no, they had no chemistry, but I think it was because this movie felt like it was a YouTube video from like 2009. Yeah. <laughs> Like a really well-made YouTube video from that era. Lots of great pull quotes for the uh, box set release. <laughs> I don't know that this or, you know, m- much live action Japanese dramas get like even a fraction of the budget of a lot of the mo- like higher budget American shows. So they did what they could with what they had. But <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's one or two times where they go into CGI and it is bad. Oh, yeah. Most of the movie, they don't resort to CGI, oh. and that's fine. You Ooh. mean the flubber soccer ball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got all... Yeah, I hated that. I love that. I can't wait to get to the uh, climax of the film and talk about that soccer ball. Yeah, I was going to say, that's because he kicked the ball so hard, Kai, that it became flubber. <laughs> yeah, anybody like, what? where are Ron and Shinichi out at the start of the movie? Uh, Shinichi's too cool to go on the school trip, I guess, is what you're looking for. Yeah. And Ron has a karate tournament and she wants to go to tropical land but he's like no i don't like tropical land that's for kids i'm a detective not a child (laughs) hopefully i don't turn into a child at tropical land also terrible name for a (laughs) the idea of a theme park that's set in the tropics (laughs) also nothing tropical about the look of it at all no no not really (laughs) We turned off the air conditioning to record this podcast and it's starting to feel a bit like tropical land in here, nice. if you know what I mean. I love mm-hmm. it. Oh, I'm yeah, there with sweaty. you. I'm looking at a fan that like I want to put on, but I won't do it <laughs> to your podcast. <laughs> oh, man. If if you are listening to this podcast in a car with broken air conditioning, then you are getting the full authentic dying message experience. I'll take it to the mechanic when they're back <laughs> from vacation, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> A link from relevant info. (laughs) I wasn't talking about your car, Michael. We don't usually listen to our own podcast together in your car, where they might have currently broken air conditioning. (laughs) Possibly. It's a mystery. Who knows? All right. Yeah, we talked about Kogoro. He has this scene where he's introduced at the beginning of the movie. Someone's paying him to search for a dog, but he's really not into it. And then he sort of just emotes at the TV very weirdly. Yeah. Was the posters on his wall and the girl that he's obsessed with, who doesn't matter, by the way, is she supposed to be like a teenager? She's a pop idol, so she's going to be young, but probably of age. The same as appears in the early episodes of the anime, Yoko, right? Yeah. So it is Yoko. She appears throughout the anime. Yeah. So she's she's an adult. Yeah. Ah, okay. So she only matters to people who have watched the anime, which in theory is everyone who watches this movie. Okino Yoko is 22 years old. She's a cameo. Just because she's of age doesn't mean he's not gross to her because he is gross towards her. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. There's oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of gross to people in this. <laughs> There's just like an extra layer. Like when I say layer, I mean like a thick, like milky layer mm-hmm. on top like like <laughs> like three week old two percent yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i was trying to get at and I, it didn't land <laughs> <laughs> i hear you milk usually doesn't land if it's not in the carton oh <laughs> uh, thank you for making that work noah <laughs> no problem <laughs> thank you for being a friend noah <laughs> you're a pal and a confidant <laughs> 
there's a couple things that start to set up the mystery of this film. The first is like we saw that the person holding the picture. We also see a mysterious figure typing a challenge letter up on their computer. And for some reason, they're wearing gloves in a completely <laughs> dark room. Yeah. There's just no way to dramatically type into Microsoft Word. Like, you can't do it. <laughs> well, I had a question about that. Is this how, is that how Japanese keyboards work? Like, do they write with, um, I, I guess they're Latin letters and then they become the Japanese symbols when they. There are actually several, like, there's quite a few options, but the, they're, the two most common would be just the straight up kind of keyboard or using the Latin letter keyboard. And yeah, the, the IDE will transform the uh it, the characters it, into kana it's definitely more complicated than typing in english there's yeah a, those, those have become more oh, yeah. popular the more powerful auto autocorrect has become because it's required a lot like to make that kind of typing fast i was like oh hey fucker you're trying to say this and then it <laughs> it fixes it real fast actually a big part of why uh in japan flip phones stayed popular for a while is because uh some people were so used to using the t9 input for kana yeah. versus mm. using a qwerty keyboard that they just stayed popular for a while also typing in english letters is so laborious to your typical japanese person that that's why qr codes became popular hmm. in asia because scanning is a lot easier than typing in some fucking url <laughs> Okay, so this mysterious person has sent a letter, and that motivates him to go on the field trip. Um, I don't know if I wrote down what was in the letter or not. He he gets the letter and he reads the letter. Well, we, we don't find out like all the details. I think right then and there, there are four suspects for the two slash three incidents that happen, and the way the suspects are handled, I think, is very ham handed because the movie like identifies the suspects by zooming in on them and giving them subtitles but there's no real plot reason that like these are the four suspects right it's just the four adults with weird outfits yeah yeah as if a child can be a a, uh, a kidnapper right there's like 50 kids present as well at least they'd be a kid kidnapper <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> i don't know but we've already established that all the kids are idiots because as soon as they see a hot woman, they all fawn over her and then <laughs> someone has to hold them back by not using his arms. Right. That's when they start to get on the bus and we meet the second suspect, Mai Nishida, who is the chaperone of the trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's wearing a vest. <laughs> That's how you know she's evil. Do we know that she's evil? <laughs> <laughs> From the vest. I don't know. Wow. That's, I mean, that my girlfriend was like, I don't like her. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's see if you're right. <laughs> two of the suspects wore vests, actually. She's number two. The first suspect who also wore a vest was mm -hmm. their substitute teacher who has to go on the field trip because their regular teacher isn't coming back. His name is Shingo Kitajima. And he is the same age as Shinichi. <laughs> and he has a powerful bowl cut. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a coconut head. Like he could serve fruit salad in that hairdo. <laughs> I thought they were, I thought he was like more of like a TA. Like I got that kind of vibe, but okay, cool. He was actually a, a substitute teacher. I misread that. Oh, he was a substitute. They were all disrespecting him. Mm. I just oh, figured it was just yeah. like some other kid who's like, all right, well, teacher's not here. So I'm the same age. I'm going <laughs> to take over what's going on. <laughs> I'm the tallest child here, so I'm in charge. <laughs> You may be confused because the actor was probably the same age as all the other <laughs> actors. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. 
somewhere around this time is where we get just a brief credit sequence, which also includes like the three main characters, three main ish characters, Conan, Ron and uh, or Shinichi, Ron and Kogoro. Oh, yeah. It had like the little anime moment. That was like quasi cute. The anime characters turn into the live action characters and it plays just the main theme. Nothing super fancy happening there. It did really show off how the actor playing Shinichi does a really good job at doing the like spike from Cowboy Bebop stand where it's just really tall hands in his pocket kind of uh look and that's all he does he doesn't take his hands out of his pockets yeah you did a sufficient job explaining that verbally but you did also demonstrate physically (laughs) (laughs) he looked a little bit more like he was a dolphin taking up out of the water but i saw both (laughs) (laughs) i was a dolphin yeah a little bit you were like (laughs) okay (laughs) i just looked at myself yeah you're right And uh, yes, it's nice to like connect the anime characters to the physical characters. Did the fact that you watched that movie last week Mm -hmm. help at all this week? I I think so. I I think it helped me a little bit. uh, and, And ready for this? It's helped me even go. I think I might watch the episodes that go along with their podcast now. (laughs) I know I might start watching some Detective Conan because it's. It's as much as I struggle with reading and while watching TV, uh, I am being like, all right, I'm a little interested to see where this goes. Now, you said a thousand episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone nowhere. Okay. <laughs> it's gone lots of places. It's gone to England one time. <laughs> Went to a virtual version of England. Oh, yeah. With Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that's a good Do you want to handle that- is over for me, so I need something. So that's yeah. what I'm going to do. There you go. I hope everyone in England spoke Japanese because that's one of my favorite things, which is whenever <sighs> someone goes to a place, everyone just speaks English with a uh, with an accent. They interacted with a bunch of Japanese people, but yeah, I forget. I like when they ha- have uh, non-Japanese speaking characters in an anime and they have them speak English, but oh my God, is it the worst English you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> but like delivered with a good accent. So it's like they got someone who could speak English and they were like, read the script. And that person just didn't say a word about how bad it was and just read it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, like act- actors in English TV shows speaking foreign languages do a bad job sometimes. That happened in the Detective Academy Q. There was a there was someone who was supposed to speak English, but they were clearly a Japanese man who took some en- true, yeah. English classes. <laughs> so um, this field trip, can anyone explain like what was their field trip? Where did they go? Why? What did they do? <laughs> They're traveling. Were they going to see the Tory Gate? Like that was like a little bit in the water. Is that the whole trip? They took a bus, then they got on a boat. The boat was like a tour of a lake. Right, there were Tory gates. Like one, like an unimpressive one. Yeah. And then they (laughs) stay in a hotel (laughs) while one of their classmates is kidnapped, and then they go back. Unclear if that was a planned part of the trip. (laughs) True. They also, Ron is also looks at a picture and is like, wow, travel. (laughs) We're traveling to a nearby lake and getting on a pirate boat. Well, it was the the science teacher who came with them, and they talked about the trip in the science class, but I didn't notice anything sciencey about the trip. Buses are run on combustion engines. Pirates Mm. Mm -hmm. have science. Science pirates. That's true. Wow. Science is the essence of life. This does feel like the kind of field trip where you just like, you get on the bus and you're like, uh, let's go here. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I wonder if there were actual school field trips or like, I don't know. We booked the bus. We'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, that happened to me once. Uh, When I was in high school for my history class, we went to the, uh, to the seaport 
Like, we weren't learning about anything going on that would have connected with the seaport. We just went there. <laughs> I sure. took a field trip to Home Depot. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. So a woodworking class? At least, please tell oh, me. Oh, technical theater for like set building. Oh. Cool. cool, cool, cool. That makes sense, yeah. These are different kinds of wooden boards. <laughs> we certainly took a, quote, like a school trip in that all of us got together in a bus and went there to Kmart, but that was to buy... Was it Christmas gifts for the elderly, I think? Oh, nice. I think that's what it was. We used to take several field trips to the local uh, church basement that uh, was in the same parking lot as the school I was. Oh, well, the church church basement was, uh, at my school, both the the gymnasium and, like, the stage, the theater spot. It it served all those purposes. uh, Ours was the lunchroom. A gymnatorium. Mm. Versus a cafetorium. Someone told me that the floor opened up and there was a pool underneath, and I believed that for two years. Did they watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life? And they were like, yeah, this must be all gyms, <laughs> no matter how shitty the gym is. I think that happened in like, uh, oh my God, was it Drive Me Crazy? There was a, some sort of like high school movie where like someone hits the button that makes it so the gym turns into a, a pool during like a prom dance, and people. Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. No. No, no, it happens in A Wonderful Life. Someone pushes the... I, I think it's Alfalfa. The original Alfalfa pushes no. the button. It's, it's a Wonderful diff- Life then, with Jimmy Stewart? It's a different yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, and then... Because that's why when uh, they're walking home, he's, like, carrying all his clothes, and the and he goes, look, there's the moon. I could just throw a lasso on it and pull it closer. Just for you. Weird. You're lying, and you're making... You're, you're telling me things that aren't true. Stop it. It's definitely not, and it's a Melissa Joan Hart movie. I can feel it in my soul. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. You're just talking about a different movie. It could happen in two movies. <laughs> it did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's probably a reference to It's a Wonderful Life. I feel like we're leaving a lot of unanswered questions, but I do want to sh- yeah. just shout out to our audience. If you know what we're talking about, you can enlighten us. <laughs> Dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. But more seriously, if you've been on a lame school field trip, you can tell us about that or tell us what oh, you yes. thought, oh, of this movie we watched. <laughs> Detective Conan Letter of Challenge. That's what the movie is called. Mm. Sonoko is another one of the anime characters maybe one of the last ones that has a prominent role Mm -hmm. in the movie we talked about last week she was sick in bed in this movie she gets kidnapped uh, and loses her signature headband after being sick in bed which is not a main characteristic of her usually (laughs) I thought it was actually I I, I honestly did because I was like oh she's just the girl who's rich and she gets sick in bed sometimes (laughs) I actually I enjoyed this actress I, I feel like she acted the closest to the anime character she was trying to portray, like successfully without just being hammy. I, she she played sick in bed really well, so <laughs> she did a good job for me. She packed for a, a long, fancy vacation. She had a ton of bags. Mm-hmm. And she brought her panties so that she can get a boyfriend, which yeah. nobody asked any questions about that. That reminds me, er, <laughs> Ron got... Uh, panties for her 17th birthday from her mother. I did write this Mm -hmm. down. Right. I I skipped over this when we started the podcast because I was like, we don't need to talk about her panties, but it was a whole moment. Yeah. A whole moment. And it was like, were were the panties almost panty blocked, right? For like a second? Like they, you almost, she didn't almost get them, right? Right. Because her her dad found them. I don't know why I did panty blocked. It sounds weird in my mind. uh, (laughs) You know, the thing thing where you were going to wear panties, but your father (laughs) kept them. Yeah. So you instead you wore boxers. Oh, stop describing 
my life. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> it's a common thing in anime for like the male characters to talk to, to glance at a female character's panties and talk about the color of them. So he's mm. pretending to do that by being like, "Oh, I saw it, and they're pink." But he actually didn't see it. He just used his detective powers of deduction to know what color they were because her father had opened her mother's present the day before and saw that she had gotten those and he was complaining them about her father was complaining about them in public which you do and so he was able to overhear Mm. to a to the owner of the restaurant or the waiter whichever one it was (laughs) it's like Uh, can you imagine my wife got my daughter panties for her birthday (laughs) Can you imagine waiting that table? No, <laughs> like that. I mean, yes, actually, sadly, I can because people have said weird shit to me <laughs> as a food server, a bartender, and a lift driver. So yes, I can absolutely imagine that conversation happening. Oh, I have a I have a good story uh, on that subject, Kai, that we can come back to later. And also another tier <laughs> on your Patreon. <laughs> another another mystery unsolved. I mean, just email <laughs> us. Just email us. Yeah. Set up a conversation. So Sunoko got motion sick. <laughs> We're not even on the boat yet, Michael. We're doing great. So I did write down the text of the letter, which he received. A challenge letter to Kudo Shinichi. During the class trip, I will kidnap one of your classmates. If you can protect them, you win. If you can't, I win. When that happens, I'll have you change your title of high school detective. This is a match between you and me. I'll give you one hint. The kidnapping will be on the boat. And it's signed KIDNAPPER. KIDNAPPER is the only thing written in English in all caps. Uh, but they spelled it correctly. Yes. Mm. Relevant later. (laughs) Although I wrote it with three P's for some reason. (laughs) Good. How do we know you're not the kidnapper then? I don't know. So before we talk about this first kidnapping, the other two suspects are people on the boat. So there's Mm -hmm. like the boat guide person who is Kyosuke Minamita. And Sonoko is going to take him home, except she gets sick. His main characteristic is having a slightly humiliating job. Yeah. And being a big fan of Shinichi as mm. a detective. Right. Having an outfit that says, I'm a big boy. Like, it is like, there's something about it that just feels very, like, <laughs> childish kid outfit. But we're like, but I got a full-time job. <laughs> it's like it's like the outfit you would wear if you were serving at, like, a children's nautical theme restaurant. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, oh, a, yeah. a crab restaurant where you wear a bib. <laughs> yeah. 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 They also, the movie tries to make him out to, like... They, they try to subliminally, subliminally make you think that he's the bad guy. By uh, Whenever he shows up, they play music stings where mm. he's the bad guy. Yeah. All four of these. Like he'll, Is there a tiny Japanese person in your phone, Kai? What was that? I heard. Oh, nothing. I was just very excited that I, I... No, it was just I thought you were uh, giving me a look uh, because I knew the name. And I wrote it down. That's all. I was just saying I wrote notes. I know things. We'll give you a look. We I heard know. a voice. We heard yeah, a voice. We, we heard a small Japanese child. Oh, outside. Oh, th- there are small children <laughs> outside of my house. Let me get rid of that real quick. One second. I'm just. Gonna... Kai, Kai, did you tell them to did Did you tell them to get off your lawn? No. Uh, but yeah, sorry about the noise. I live around constant children and like two two year olds upstairs. That or, I'm sorry, children. two four. Oh no no, two four year olds. Like every side of my house is just kids enjoying being alive, and I hate mm-hmm. it. And they don't stop being children all day. <laughs> They're just so children annoying. constantly. Just be an adult. Read a newspaper. Like point out and like, <laughs> have a conversation with me about the weather. Like just. Shh. You should make friends with them and go to their birthday party and like get them a subscription to the New York Times. 
Happy birthday. That's, that's such a good idea. Here's a pipe. <laughs> Hi, I'm your downstairs neighbor. <laughs> Anyways, what were you saying? Oh, yeah. So they're on the boat, which is going to take a one hour tour around the lake. We've now met all four suspects, the substitute teacher, the chaperone for the whole trip, the boat person slash crab restaurateur, and the captain of the boat. Oh, I don't know. I w- I don't know if we mentioned the captain yet. The captain did, is yeah, named not- Azuma. He wears white gloves. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Which is the wrong gloves. We've seen the person wear gloves and they wear different gloves. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be like a like a representation of the fact that we just can't see them. Like how in the anime, it's they're, they are shadow people yeah. who do those. The leather gloves definitely are trying to obscure their hands. Yeah, sure. I actually, I thought I had a memory of us seeing a full live action shadow person in this. Did, did that happen in some other thing you made me watch instead? Uh, something sexy, probably. Yeah, I think you're thinking about ghosts. <laughs> Ghost. <laughs> it's little demons that come up from the ground and pull you. Oh, <laughs> I did not like those when I was young. I did not like terrified those. Terrified the shit out of me. That's why they're yeah. stuck in my head and on your podcast. <laughs> what are they from? Ghost. Uh, Ghost. Oh, the, I haven't seen that film in a while. The Patrick Swayze Whoopi Goldberg vehicle. So, in the lead up. <laughs> <laughs> no. We can only dilly-dally for so long before we... I know, we got to know we're here with you. In the lead-up to this incident of someone being kidnapped, Shinichi is running around the boat being, like, so ominous. They're trying to up the tension when actually nothing has happened by having mm-hmm. him just, like, go everywhere, look at everything, be real serious about it. And he's like, how can someone kidnap someone on this boat? This is when Sonoko gets sick. Um, and where does she go? Uh, she goes into like a room. Yeah. Like a, what kind of room is that? Like, like the room she was staying in or is it somewhere different? Just an interior room on the boat that has a bed for some reason, a bed in a little closet, probably like a little nurse's office or something. Yeah. And also the most lockable lock that you could find (laughs) that they got off a bathroom door. (laughs) They're going to lock her in. She takes some medicine with the chaperone. Mai gives her. Yeah, my favorite part of this is where the you take a pill from a stranger. I have this pill. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> I wish I could say I haven't done it. Anyways. <laughs> and um, Sonoko's like, she, uh, Ron, you need to go make memories with Shinichi. <laughs> so they're going to go do that. And they do take some photos together, which come up later in the film for some reason. Oh, no. What do they mean by memories, Noah? Uh, um, uh, photographs. Okay, what cool, cool, cool. What cool, were cool. you doing with your hands? I don't know. Well, see, I'm trying to do a gender neutral fucking symbol, which is just mm. no, none of the, none of this. Itsy it's bitsy just, spider it's like, is gender neutral fucking. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> they just smash their spiders together. As the resident trans person, in, in, <laughs> I would like to just point out, yeah, we itsy bitsy spider. That's how we do it. It's just utter chaos. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we did miss something, though. Yeah, please. When Shinichi was in her room and they were like, Here's that pill. We're going to get out of here. He was just staring at a wall <laughs> the whole time. He he like stood completely still and he was just like, a wall. He's checking for secret doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and shadow people. That's not the, what the actor was doing. <laughs> What's the name of little uh, baby boy who's got a big boy job? What's his name? 
Mira. <laughs> yeah, when he oh. goes to the captain and he's just like, hey, there's sick people on the boat. That's not normally important information, but just so you know, like that. Uh, am I the only one that thought that was weird to share with <laughs> the captain? Weird. I don't know. I, I was just like, yeah, of course you tell the captain of the boat that there's one girl who has who's seasick on a boat, a thing that happens all the time. You need to justify like the captain being a suspect. And it's like, how okay. would the captain know that there was someone in that room? Well, he knows uh, because we told him. OK, all right. It is That's... odd. It is odd. It's pretty funny um and then <laughs> it's great captain captain there's a girl who's sick okay i'm steering a boat i'm in charge of 50 children's lives they keep going back and forth later in the film about whether or not he's able to do this kidnapping because he's piloting the boat at one point kogoro says like if you were an adult you would ha- know about autopilot but it's like Either he's too busy to do the kidnapping or he's not too busy to do the kidnapping. Yeah. When I was 17, I knew what autopilot was. Well, I'm going to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't a world famous high school detective, so I don't know what to tell you there. Got you there. No, I wasn't. Everybody is kind of like milling about the boat. There's a big noise and something splashes into the water at the back of the boat. And when they go there, they see Sonoko's headband in the water. And like everyone is there, the teacher, the chaperone and the tour guide. That's what I recalled them. And like all the students are now there looking over the edge of the boat. Oh, no. Did the the only character with a notable headband fall into the water? (laughs) (laughs) Thank God a a character that doesn't wear something on their head didn't fall in the water. (laughs) (laughs) You just see like you see like a little panties go up and they're like, oh, no, Ron. So Sonoko is missing from her room, of course, when they go there. There's also a life jacket missing, further reinforcing that someone jumped off the boat. And there's like a cab. There's a closet in there that the a kidnapper could have hid in and waited until the door was locked to, to get Sonoko out there. They also look in the room across from Sonoko, which has like a big do not enter or some kind of sign on it. None of us are going to be able to tell you what the sign on that door said, but it had like a very noticeable sign. I made a joke. Oh, well, they're not in the Japanese room. <laughs> what? Does the, does Just because it, Jap- it had Japanese letters on it. That was my, I that see. was the extent of that humor. <laughs> oh, oh, like the person is not hiding in the, in the Japanese room. Yeah. It's a, uh, uh, well, that's the Japanese room. So they're not in there. Yeah. <laughs> Ron opens the lid of like a big coffiny box and is like, nope, no one inside. And they go home. End of movie. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that girl's dead. No more Sonico. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what a movie! I love it. Yeah, you know what? We got tired of making the movie. <laughs> ran out of ran out of budget. We put it all into the sweet action films or action shots in the beginning with the soccer ball. That's kind of how three billboards outside Ebbing, uh, Missouri feels. <laughs> they just kind of ends. They're like, well, "All right, we're gonna get that guy," and then they just drive off in the sunset. End of movie. So. They probably drove into this next scene. <laughs> you got it. You got when it. When the police arrive and they're interviewing everyone, the like main police guy in this movie is someone that doesn't know Shinichi and like doesn't trust him and also doesn't trust Kogoro because he's a private detective. And he's like walking a line between like reasonable levels of like brushing people off who are inexperienced and like absurd levels of brushing people off. Like there's moments when you're like yeah, don't listen to the child. And there's other moments where it's like, why are you ignoring this child sort of thing? There's sometimes where it's like, of course I wouldn't listen to this 17-year-old boy. Like, he's not a police officer with training. I'm not going to listen to you. But also there's a point where they're like, there's a bomb. And he's like, I don't have time for you. (laughs) His whole character is just brushing people off. Wait, are you saying 
if you had a child and they came in and they were like, I have a bomb, would you like in the other room, would you believe them just in, like a little bit just in case? We're talking about a 17 year old boy. So, yes. And okay. also, he didn't <laughs> say I have a bomb. He said, well, someone else was like, hey, I got a text message saying I got that there's a bomb in this place. And he was like, we're looking for lost children. Stop talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless those children are in the room with the bomb. I can't be expected to look for two things, okay? I don't need some more information right now. If they're in the same room, then I'll go look for it. <laughs> Shinichi and Ron have this scene at night outside, and he is just standing in the rain getting wet. He's already soaked. He's like, he is moping in the rain, and she holds an umbrella over him. I'm like, that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah, and Sonoko was kidnapped off of it. I loved that he had like those three perfect little bands of hair just like perfectly on his forehead with like that had been soaked in rainwater. Oh, it just felt like so emo for like a quick moment. Why was he doing that other than drama? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, get into the mind of the kidnapper who was also wet because they went in the water. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Except that they have yeah. found an oxygen tank along the bank and like a scuba suit. And all this stuff that makes it look like someone jumped off the boat and scuba'd with Sonoko to the shore, except that the oxygen ha- tank has too much tank in it based on like how far it is from the point where Sonoko disappeared. We all knew that. We're like 108%. Yeah, that's sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> I also, it, it did say 120 and I was like, hmm, yes. On the milk scale. <laughs> that was an amount. Yeah. <laughs> the milk scale. That's a lot. Why that's two pats of butter. Well, yeah, it turned out that the <laughs> oxygen tank was full of milk, and that's why they knew it hadn't been used. <laughs> that's my nightmare. Oh, no. Yeah, Would you go to survive underwater and get milk? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like this man drowned. In milk? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just like in the water, like, oh, double stuff Oreos. Good timing. <laughs> They're so soggy. <laughs> yeah. Salty. I like it. <laughs> uh, we don't know that that was a salt lake. It was probably a freshwater lake. That's a good point. Yeah. I thought Kai was referring to the fact that the Oreos were salty because they were salted Oreos. <laughs> but I realized that that was not something I did with Kai. That was something I did with my girlfriend where we ate Oreos that were salty. Hmm. Salted caramel Oreos. Uh huh. Yeah, they're too salty. uh, They're too salty, and they don't taste like enough like caramel to justify the saltiness. Mm. Huh. Well, you lost them as a sponsor. (laughs) Sorry, Nabisco. So Ron has a pink flip phone. (laughs) She calls her dad Kogoro, which is how he ends up coming to the hotel and and getting involved. I wrote down that Megare refers to the police officer as the Mount Everest of policing, which is why he like won't budge. When, mm. when when Shinichi and people are trying to get him to do stuff. Oh, he doesn't know what Mount Everest is. All right. I got to go faster. I have a lot more notes. <laughs> got you. Sorry, we're interrupting you. Yeah, keep going. No, you're fine. <laughs> I should have streamlined this a little more. So this they do a bunch of investigating in the rain. Ron insists on involving herself. They f- go back to the boat, which nobody is guarding, which is bizarre. How are the police no longer keeping an eye on this boat? It's nighttime. This is crucial to the plot of the movie that they have just given <laughs> yeah. up on this boat, which was a, cr- a crime scene. If I remember, this isn't even the only time he just waltzes onto it, right? Correct. <laughs> he also finds 
evidence of a device at the back of the ship, like someone had planted a, a triggerable thing that would fall into the water when they pressed a button and it left behind. That's what I meant right. when I wrote down overly elaborate sack dropping device. I didn't remember <laughs> yeah. what that was. <laughs> the sex thing. Ooh, I like it. I mean, I was already thinking. Okay, well, when you were, you already got me in a sexy space when you were talking about typing. I was like, where would they be typing with other girls? I was like, oh, obviously the sex dungeon. Like if you work in the office. <laughs> so I like this. This is a kinky episode. I'm in, in the chat room, what are you wearing? Leather gloves. Period. <laughs> I just realized how that wouldn't work nowadays because we have some screens that we have to type on. So mm-hmm. that's just a thought. Yeah. All you all you leather likers out there. I don't know what they're called. So what uh, you're saying is we should market leather sexting gloves that are leather yeah. gloves that you that interact with phone screens so you can sext hmm. in them. Yeah, it's for people who like who are into leather and OJ Simpson. I was going to say, we're trying to rebrand the and get rid of that whole negative association with the black gloves. So, yeah, that's the move we're going with. Um, there's some dramatic scenes here between Ron and Shinichi. Like he did t- finally tells her about the letter, whatever. And she reacts correctly to his being an idiot. Right. Yeah. Where she's like, these are people's lives that you're playing around with. And he's like, but it's a challenge. Dun-dun-dun. Well, his whole his whole bad <laughs> justification that I guess we're supposed to swallow, but it's stupid. For not like calling the police immediately when a bunch of children are threatened, is that if he ignores this challenge, he won't be ready for the next challenge, which is nonsense. Answer this challenge with being responsible. I thought it was like <laughs> if he ignored this person, they might do increasingly desperate things to get his attention. Mm. Like hurting people that he knows closer to his life. Yeah, that's what I I mean, I'm with Noah on this one. That's kind of the vibe I got. As uh, well. I'm with no one on this one because I uh, didn't listen to the scene and I kind of didn't pay attention. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, I wrote some stuff down. So Ron is crying and she says, this is not a game. Putting people around you in danger is not what a detective should do. And he says, I don't think this is a game. This is a match between me and him. We should really dramatically record that line for our, our podcast promo. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we should. All right. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. There's obviously like the end of the movie is probably the best part. But this whole business in the ballroom gestures to zoom background for the benefit of no one. Uh, uh, (laughs) Everyone who's listening to the podcast, Noah's background is the ballroom where everyone is standing around like uh, like a Korean uh, army march. Okay, we've all seen that. We've all seen those videos where the Korean army like walk into each other. (laughs) <laughs> Shinichi gets us has gotten a second thing that says someone's going to be kidnapped tomorrow at noon and he has told the police so their solution is to put everybody in this ballroom at noon and lock them all in because we don't have yeah. a police station right we're gonna go rent this days in or whatever <laughs> <laughs> what a weird bad room this was it's ugly the doors and walls are scuffed and or water damaged there's also like so <laughs> many doors it's like you paid $5 to rent this for this movie. Yeah, this is a place you rent out for like your work, like yeah. your, your work when you have to go on like a retreat. And then like they, they're like, hey, let's have here's a magician. Also, I'm pretty sure as illustrated in the photo behind Noah, that one of the walls is a sliding partition and not a set like not a wall that would actually keep human beings out. I'm pretty sure that's just a room divided in half. Also, they bring everyone into mm. the room and then send them all away and they're like come back at 10 to noon and it's like so much could happen in that time. 
Like the person said they're not going to kidnap anybody until noon, but like they're kidnappers. Why are we going to believe them? <laughs> right. right. Like you would keep people yeah. there for like the five hours before you wouldn't let them just wander around. It's very crucial to the plot of many uh, detective shows that a threatening letter is not lying. Do you think every other kid, though, at like 1201 was like walked out like everything's bad. I'm not worried about getting kidnapped. It's me, not a kidnapped kid. <laughs> a little detail I like is Ron goes back to her room and you see like Sonoko's big three bags on the other bed. Even though Sonoko has been kidnapped and like Ron still has to share a room with her luggage. <laughs> My girlfriend pointed that out and I was like, no, that's her luggage. She's like, no, that's the other girl's luggage. And I was like, why did they bring that? <laughs> why did they give it a room? <laughs> and Ron opens an envelope that she finds in her room and something falls out of it. Bum, bum, bum. I just would like to point out that I'm a fucking idiot when that happened because I went, hey, a key. And then I completely <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> it's a key point of the film. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they do one of the most crucial field trip attendance takings in the history of any field trips because they have to check that all the students are inside of the locked room before they lock it so that no one can get kidnapped. They do that. Shinichi runs around. He's going to make sure the doors are all doors. And not fake doors. He's like trying every every door, make sure it's locked. And he's on the phone mm-hmm. with Kogoro, who's outside of the building, interacting with all of the suspects other than the, the substitute teachers inside of the room with all of the students. And the other three people, two of whom are associated with the boat and have no real reason to be here, are all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they did show up and they were like, why are you here? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think effectively all three of the boat people were at this scene. <laughs> They're like, oh, they had a continental breakfast. I <laughs> just always go in. me every morning. What do you mean? There were enough people checking their watches and looking at clocks for me to write that down because it's like it's mm. like a dramatic countdown. And then literally with forty five seconds to spare, all the suspects go. I'm going to go over here now, which is honestly my favorite joke. Where he just goes, uh, I gotta, I gotta go. Um, over there (laughs) the captain goes to use the bathroom and the crew member goes to make a call which is ridiculous when there's 45 seconds left to when these children are supposed to be kidnapped and so Mm -hmm. kogoro is just standing with mai when this happens the lights go out everyone screams nobody knows what's going on the lights come back on and who has disappeared it is ron (gasps) this is where we paused and stopped watching the movie and then came back the next day and finished it the second half of the movie is so much better than the first in my opinion yeah they they hit the lights and then it gets a little less dark. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's like not pitch black. They're just like, oh, no, the lights are out. Yeah, that's it. Uh, OK, whatever. And Shinichi is like the first one to break the seal in the room because he realizes Ron is gone. He roughs up the substitute a little bit and then he opens mm-hmm. the door and he's just like running around aimlessly. Like there's no method of madness to this. And how is he going to find anyone? Also, none of the police stopped him. They all were like, yeah, busy looking at walls. <laughs> and then uh, he's just run around yelling Ron. And they're like, yeah, that's a That's one of those kids. <laughs> the other thing that happens here is Ko- uh, Shinichi goes up to Kogoro and my the chaperone and Minamita, the boat guy, are standing there. And he interacts with them briefly, but doesn't tell them anything. Mai asks, how was she taken? And Shinichi seems to notice this, but then forgets about it. And we'll come back to this later. I had seen this movie previously, but without remembering who was the person, I pretty much clocked. Yeah. (laughs) And Kogoro, like, 
beats Shinichi up and makes him bleed when he finds out that his daughter is missing. Oh, yeah, he... He knocks him good. Yeah. <laughs> well, he previously had a very touching moment where he was like, I trust you to protect Ron. And he didn't. Yeah. Whoops. And then he punched a child around all the police. <laughs> yep. And the police were like, hey, stop punching that child. To be fair, he beats the crap out of him when he's six years old, like all of the time. So <laughs> I'm not watching this show. <laughs> it's like violent mind. noogies. He doesn't. It's comical air quotes. The weird thing about the punch is Shinichi says something afterwards. He's like, Oh no, I was glad you punched me because I failed as a detective. Oh, he says um I'm glad I pu- you punched me cuz I couldn't have punched me that hard. <laughs> yeah, he f- like feels guilty. Little impact play. Fun. Anyways, yeah. keep going. <laughs> oh, he tells us that the culprit is a person with deep darkness in their heart. Is this a crossover with Kingdom Hearts, Michael? yes and he has received a note from i think maybe oh a phone call from the culprit who tells him there's a bomb and that it's going to detonate at midnight with sonico and ron there oh boy bad news what else could possibly happen in the second half of this movie another kidnapping (laughs) no it's a it's a suicide slash murder a murder suicide yeah, there was a murder suicide in this one. No, it's a suicide <laughs> suicide. It's a murder staged as a suicide. Oh, whatever. Yeah, no murder. He didn't murder anybody. Yeah, although he did claim to. Um, so, or, so that's a, or he claimed to be a kidnapper. Yeah, the boat captain did something criminally suspicious, which is he never came back after he went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Oh no! But when they go to his apartment, he's hanged. Hung. Hanged. Yeah, he's also. We hung. don't know whether or not he. We don't know whether or not he's hung. <laughs> <laughs> well he did have that uh sack dropping device <laughs> we were all trying to get there the fastest you got you beat me to it <laughs> i like that kogoro puts on gloves before he starts to serving the crime scene and nobody seems to call the police although the police do show up Mm-hmm. And Shinichi nabs a note which says, "I am kidnapper, but there's only one P in kidnapper." Did did you all pick up on that right away? Yeah, I did right away. Yes. Yeah. I noticed the spelling was kidnapper. <laughs> I feel like that would be a harder to notice if you were not native English speakers. But yeah, it's it's pretty apparent. Also, that was like his evidence as to why he wasn't the kidnapper because he was like, "Oh, he spelled kidnapper wrong." It's like people spell things wrong all the time and are still murderers. It was that the person had spelled it differently than on the previous note. I'll actually say it: if you are really good at spelling kidnapper, that makes me concerned more. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like <laughs> I, I am suspicious of every spelling bee I say. Who goes to the trouble of kidnapping someone without looking up how to spell it? I know. Also, I actually don't want to derail everyone, but they're actually both acceptable spellings, which is also what they say in the movie. He just, the person just used a different oh, no spelling. Did you look oh. it up? Because oh. I wasn't sure that one P was. Acceptable. I did make sure to confirm it, but yeah, that is what they said that they're both acceptable spellings, oh. and that they just used a different one. Yeah, but if it was an American film, we, you wouldn't say that because we'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Right. We wouldn't use the other alternate spelling here, <laughs> but it is feasible that two different people in Japan learned to spell it different ways as non-native English speakers. I stand by my joke about the spelling big kids. There's a little (laughs) bloody arrow on the back of the note pointing towards the front of the note between the words I am and a kidnapper. Mm -hmm. It's so contrived. Yep. And oh my gosh, of the scenes that I didn't say were my favorite scenes, this is one of my favorite scenes. 
I just like the second half of this movie, friends. Oh, I'm ready. Hit me with it. Uh, the warehouse scene with Ron and Sonoko. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was Sonoko because she didn't have a headband. <laughs> <laughs> they made it very difficult. Yeah, she manages to get out of her the rope that's tied her up, and she gets her stuff off. Um, I would like to make a correction. She got out of that rope that was lightly uh, <laughs> draped <laughs> draped over her. They like run around the room for a bit. They look at photos on Ron's camera of the memories she made with Shinichi. <laughs> then they notice like th- five minutes later, they notice the bomb in the room that is going to go off in four <clears throat> and a half hours. Uh, the clock that's uh, that's going down. What else is in this room? <laughs> <laughs> Ron is going to get them out of there. How? Oh, we mentioned this earlier. She earlier <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, she punched through concrete. But now there's a boarded up window. Mm-hmm. Um, they have tried the door and it is like a solid metal door and locked. So it's reasonable for them to not try to open that. I do wish when they, they cast Ron, especially if they were going to do an actual martial arts moment, that they maybe picked a girl who looked like she's ever even done one push up. Don't stereotype bodies. Don't uh, body type. people. I mean, she's an athlete. So she could maybe... That's true. She doesn't look like a karate champion, I guess, but I don't know what karate champions look like. Hmm. Karate champions at that age kind of look like that, you know? Google that, karate champions. No, uh, it could just be mostly focusing on the leg work, you know? Mostly just all leg day, Hmm. all way. That's the issue here. If she's focusing on leg work, it's really hard for her to kick through these planks. And it scratches up her leg, mm. and she's like gonna break her leg by kicking open this window, but she won't stop doing it. And then it doesn't matter because they get through and they're on like the fifth floor. <laughs> they're on like the third floor. <laughs> they're like, oh, dang you can it. Still live from the third floor. Yeah. Drop down, break your legs, go home. Like- That's what I said. <laughs> also, I had a worse thought, which was why didn't they just throw the bomb out the window? <laughs> why didn't they just take the bomb and go, why didn't they throw the bomb out the window now that you mention it? Yeah, they've made a perfectly bomb-sized hole in the wall, and they were like, all right, well, let's try and go through there instead of throwing the bomb out. Contrary to the way they act later in the film, you don't usually try to disturb bombs like this because you could set That's them true. off. Yeah. But no, spoilers, they literally bomb. kick the bomb out a different window, a less logical window where it could fall back down. There's a skylight in the ceiling. That's not in play yet. We'll come back to the skylight. This is this whole thing is, is a bit weird because Sonoko gets out of the building. They use the rope to get her down like adventure game. Mm-hmm. You know, they've picked up the rope and now they use it. And then she immediately gets captured. And it's like, why did she even have to escape? She gets punched in the stomach and then she's out for the next four hours. And I don't know that we ever see her again. They just slip in a line later on like, oh, yeah, she was found sleeping (laughs) in a nearby bush. That was my favorite part. I guess they were like, this actress has schedule conflicts. Yeah. (laughs) I really loved when they were like, oh, by the way, we found her later, like a couple hours later. She was asleep or some shit. I don't know. Shinichi solves all the mysteries at this point. He goes Mm. on the boat and he finds that the big wooden box that Ron had looked in has some like crystalline residue on the bottom. He also notices that he has red ink on his hand and there's was red ink on one of the doors. I love that moment. They found red ink on the door handle earlier and he was like, there was no red ink on the door handles when I was in there. And he doesn't think until this very moment to look at his hand. Why would he look at his (laughs) hand? And it's this wonderful dramatic moment where he's he reaches out and he's like, whoa. Looks at his hand. It's very funny. The cl- the clue was on my body the whole time. What about the opposite, where the uh, 
the knob was covered in red ink, and then he got the red ink on his hand, and then it was a completely innocuous clue. <laughs> right. So Shinichi talks to Megare, the pillow man, and gets a list of him of five possible locations where the two could be held. Local police aren't going to be any help, so Kogoro and Shinichi have to respectively drive around and physically run around to all of these different warehouses and just open the doors to the warehouses and screens run, stream Ron's name inside to check if she's in there. Using the power of not relying on organizations. Um, Quote. Did they <laughs> just go to like two places, though? I don't remember if they went to all five. They were just like, oh, got lucky on the second one. Like, I can't remember. I feel like they only showed four. I feel like I remember them only showing okay. four places. It's fair. I didn't want to see five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eventually, Shinichi is alone in an alley when he comes upon Mai, who was the chaperone for the trip. And Mai spends way too long trying to pretend that she is not the culprit here. <laughs> while he is confronting her about it and clearly knows everything. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, what a coincidence that we ran into each other at this creepy warehouse. Oh my god. And he's like, you're the kidnapper. Mm, but I might not be. <laughs> <laughs> you're the kidnapper. Mm. Mm. He also, Ooh. we know there's a bomb that's going to go off in the next like five <laughs> minutes and he spends a long time explaining the crime to someone who we already know knows what happened. Yeah. Right. If you're that confident, then yeah, maybe don't elaborate that extensively. Is someone ready to explain to us how Sonoko was kidnapped off of a boat with no exit? Sure. I mean, it's not an incredibly complicated plan. It is. <laughs> so when she gave her a, a, a quote unquote motion sickness pill, surprise, it was drugs. So she fell asleep. Which my girlfriend pointed out, by the way, when she got the when they gave her the pill, my girlfriend went, man, that's not the that's not a pill. <laughs> right. You don't help. Don't take pills from strangers, kids. Anyway, so then she hides her in the box that Ron looked in, but puts a mirror on top of that, like is slanted. So it reflects the side. So if you don't look for more like than a second, uh, you won't see her. Which neither Ron nor the police did. Yeah. And then they just literally leaves her there until the police go away. <laughs> I do like the idea of Ron though looking in and being like, "Nope, I'm the only, I'm the only one that's in this uh, box," and then closes it. <laughs> she probably didn't see her own reflection. <laughs> Sorry, Shinichi, she's not in here. It's just me. It's just me in here. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair to Ron, who is not characterized as stupid. It's pretty questionable whether or not that aspect of the trick would work. And I also question the fact that just like nobody was guarding the boat. Actually, the part I question. And she was able to get back and get Sonoko away. Yes. The part I question is she gave uh, someone, you know, she gave Sonoko the pill saying it was motion sickness medicine. What if nobody got motion sick? Who is she going to kidnap? Her plan was based on a coincidence. She was going to maybe try to get Ron down there and drug her because she later does say that she kidnapped the wrong person. So maybe she mm. was going to get Ron and, you know, trick her into sleeping pilling. <laughs> I'm actually going to argue the opposite. Out of 50 children, one of them is going to get mm. motion sickness. Mm. I have a theory that the captain was involved. Like she actually was, went up and she was just like, hey, could you drive a little extra choppy? <laughs> like, could you just like, if you see any other waves that are kind of nearby, go through them. <laughs> they run a regular kidnapping scam mm -hmm. where he drives extra choppy. Yeah. And then they do this every weekend yeah. with a different group of school kids. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of he's not in on it, but he's still doing it anyway. He was like, hell yeah, I've been wanting to go through the choppy waves. <laughs> And yeah, they show us how she had planted like the life vest and the oxygen milk tank on the shore. 
<laughs> and they showed us how she went on the boat and rigged up the thing to explode and fall in the water. Now, the second abduction of Ron was qu- done with, quote, a horrible method, end quote. A threat. She convinced her to do it herself. <laughs> right. Right. Ron kidnapped herself. Ron kidnapped herself. She got yeah. a letter that told her how to do it and gave her the key. That's so lazy. Ugh. Just do it yourself. <laughs> you can't even bother to kidnap the person. <laughs> Stop kidnapping yourself. Stop kidnapping yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just download the app. Follow the instructions. Like, it's super easy. We made this so mainstream for you. <laughs> they also go through a lot of effort to explain that there's only one key. And then they just kind of haphazardly and that they're like, and then Ron had the spare key. It's like, well, if there's a spare key. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's a problem. What's the point of locking them in a room with two keys? Mm-hmm. And... Um, Ron had put lipstick or some kind of ink or something on the key. She red sharpied it. Yeah. yeah. So that when she held mm, it yeah. and then she held Shinichi's hand that it, she would leave a trace for him and he didn't not realize what was going on. But it's like there were five doors and there were police at every door and there were police outside. Even though it was dark, it is still kind of remarkable that she was able to unlock a door, walk out it and lock it again without any of the police standing there noticing. And then she dressed up as hotel staff and got away. Well, we were to believe it's pitch black, even though we're allowed to actually see, I guess. And luckily, none of the police had flashlights. Yeah. All of them were just like, well, the lights are out. Don't know what to do now. I'm I'm now completely useless as a person. Yeah. Right. Like in that scenario, every single human being would have their phone out with their flashlight on immediately. (laughs) This is why in every room, you just keep those clap on lights that are (laughs) battery powered. (laughs) Like, nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Then they keep going on and off because everyone's like. (laughs) No, if we have listeners who have lights, you're turning them on and off. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. So she. No, no, no. <laughs> Call your mom. <laughs> Google shopping. Clapper. Confirm. Um, the- oh, no. Jim. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> she also, I, I will say, when she, she left the mark on uh, his hand and he was like, you did it so that uh, I would know where to go, like where to find you. And she goes, no, I did it so that you'd have hope. And then everyone was like, okay, whatever. No, you wouldn't. No, it was the first thing. <laughs> Weird. So now we get to the third incident, which was Azuma's fake suicide. And yeah, we talked about how the spelling of kidnapper didn't match, which was Shinichi's main clue. Mm-hmm. But the thing that happens here is my is like, oh, it's a suicide because he wrote a note and confessed. And Shinichi's like, how do you know that? I stole the note before the police got there, so nobody knows about it except for me. And she still doesn't confess right away. <laughs> <laughs> She, she was like, I assumed it was a suicide because suicides usually have notes. <laughs> yeah. But then he's like, but there's blood on the back with an arrow. And that's when I looked at it and I was like, oh, my is a repandic. <laughs> over to the other side and the arrow points at I am backwards, which is my. Mm hmm. Yeah. I just like the idea of like anytime someone's about to commit a suicide, they're just like real quick. They're just like, oh, Siri, real quick. Got to write a note. Put <laughs> 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 a little back pocket. And all right. I will confess to all my crimes, but I will not specify. I, he could have been a kidnapper, just not of those yeah, children. Who's to say he kidnapped those two children? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reason that this woman was mad at Shinichi and sent him this letter is just kind of hand waved away. Like there, there wasn't there wasn't clues for us to figure this out. It's just from one of his earlier cases. 
she's the girlfriend of a man he put away who died in prison. And so she wants to return the favor. She takes out a gun and takes him to the room in the warehouse. Best scene in any film of the past 20 years or (laughs) second best scene of any film in the past 20 years. At this point, I guess they were having some dramatic talk-em-ups in the the warehouse. And I I wrote, why don't any of these people look at each other while talking? (laughs) So I guess they all dramatically look in different directions while speaking at this point. (laughs) Yeah, they do the... uh, So I do it. The uh, uh, Swedish film thing. My locks the three of them in the room. She's not expecting to survive this. And how does she get rid of the key? I laughed at this actually because, uh, like, it was Ron and Shinichi, and they were like talking, like, "Oh, you're okay," and da 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 da. And they turn around, and she's put like a whole bunch of chains on the door while they were being schmoopy, <laughs> just like a ridiculous number of chains. Yeah. What does she do with the key? Throws it out the window. Oh, she shoots it. Oh yeah. Oh, she yeah. shoots the key. She shoots it. Yeah, she shoots the key. I forgot about that. That's dumb. <laughs> Good accuracy, though. And Kogoro has just arrived here and hears the gunshot. And what does he see? He sees a soccer ball in a nearby shopping cart. No, it was a bike, I believe. And yeah, as as there would be a random bike with a soccer ball in every alley. Maybe it was Shinichi's bike. Uh, warehouse? But we didn't see him riding it. But he would totally have a soccer ball on his bike. No, he probably stored it there just in case. You know, he keeps a couple bikes with soccer balls just in generally throughout the city. Kogoro is also really, really good at kicking a soccer ball. <laughs> he kicks it into that hole that is about the size of a soccer ball. He doesn't. He's, thro- he's throwing it. He's throwing it. And yeah. it takes him a few tries. He's very good at throwing a <laughs> soccer ball. <laughs> it's so dumb that that's his response to hearing a gunshot is, I guess I'll alley-oop this ball into the window. There's no like, hole in the window because Ron kicked the hole out earlier, which is why that mattered, right. even though Sonoko got captured. But it's like, okay. It's just because it's going to be prevalent to the show. And it's just really just to make everybody happy who's watching it who watched the show, right? It's the yeah. origin of the soccer yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did he know that the three of them were inside that window he could have just been throwing like it's a big warehouse and that it would be the perfect moment for a soccer ball to arrive like it was pretty goofy he like sees that the screaming's coming from another window it's like can you throw that back (laughs) 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 a a different gunshot went off (laughs) there's a whole other bomb situation that's going on This is also like demonstrating that Kogoro ultimately believes in Shinichi or whatever. Like it's a nice moment between them, I guess. So he throws the ball through the window. What happens once that ball passes through that window? Uh, did he immediately do the cool trick you do? He did a boop. Oh, he he hit it with his chest. Yeah, he did a chest yeah. bump kicky thing and yep. knocked the gun out of Mai's hands. And then furthermore uses it to like double bounce the bomb out the skylight well, we're not there yet we're, we're not there, there yet. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's happen. later that didn't oh, happen. Okay. so first right yeah it, he pops it off his chest to like center it right. and then kicks it and knocks the gun out of her hand uh-huh. and knocks her over right i should know this i played soccer i should know what that's called but i i will find out go ahead mm-hmm. chest bump bump to bump mm-hmm. yeah just bump bump to bump i couldn't ever pull that off it's i'm really shitty at all those things but yes just bump. I also was shitty at that. Boopity boop. And then he can't take the bomb apart because all the wires are white. It was designed so it couldn't be stopped. So now he has to get rid of the bomb. We know there's a skylight in this room. We've kind of described what happens in this moment. <laughs> what exactly? What exactly happens here? <laughs> did they? Did they throw the bomb straight up? He throws the bomb straight up, and then he kicks the soccer ball at the bomb. Right. It's all CG. The soccer <laughs> ball, like 
bends and rubberizes in CG, hits the bomb up through the window far enough into the air that when it explodes, nobody is hurt. Yep. And it looks like fireworks and Kokoro is like, ooh. <laughs> to be fair, at that moment, throwing the bomb out the window is a bad idea because Kogoro is standing out there. Yes, at that point, it would have been dumb. Unfortunately, four hours ago, they could have just tossed the bomb out, and then they could have just been safely locked in a room. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it would have been very funny if they threw the bomb out, and then it like immediately like comes right back up. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the movie is mostly just connecting this to the first episode of the anime and locking it in as a pro. You forgot a very important moment when the bomb exploded in the sky and in front of this very digital full moon, Kaito kid flies by. Oh yeah, I did skip that for no reason. (laughs) Sorry, Jim and Kai, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Wait, What happened? Who flew by? There's a recurring character in the anime who is a gentleman thief. Who's also a high schooler who has a friend that doesn't know his identity that he's in love with anyway. Yeah. Um, but he's dressed all in white and he likes to use a hang glider. And so after the explosion, there's a brief CG like guy on a hang glider that goes by. Yep, I don't know great. if you noticed that. No, I did nope, not. didn't see that. Nope. That would have been funny for me to notice. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most green screeny digitally like mid nineties style effect. Yeah. Nice. I was probably pretty checked out at this point. <laughs> You made it. You told us you fell asleep, so you're probably sleeping. Did I fall asleep? No. My girlfriend fell asleep, then I had to stop the movie and put it back on later because she wanted to watch it. Hmm. Well, she didn't hate it. Or maybe she did. I don't know. Oh, no. She liked it exactly the same way I did, which was <laughs> this is the this is the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I'm glad that I was a little bit buzzed while watching it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, Appropriate. I, I found ways to laugh. To just be like, all right, I know what I'm getting myself in for. Like, first 20 minutes, I was like, I'll I'm going to go grab a drink. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, it, it is enjoyable in that way. Let's knock out the end of the movie. I'm going to knock out my microphone, and then we're going <laughs> to knock out the end of the movie. I got you. So they go on their date to Tropical Land, which is where Shinichi is poisoned and turned into a kid. And the three kids in the anime, there are like three physical children that run by, but they're voiced over by the kids from the anime. And I hate it. It yeah. was not good. Yeah. Yeah. And they had some like bonk, boing, boing, boing sound effects. They're like, if we're going to dub it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of non-diagenic sound. They, they, then they show some clips from that episode and over some narration and are like, this is how it all came to be. And I like that they kind of did homages to their outfits. That was kind of okay, I guess. Yeah. End of film. Yeah. Oh, I was pretty upset that they showed him become a child in the anime. Like they just showed clips of the anime. I want to see a live action (laughs) teenager become a little boy. Like I wanted to see that real bad. Let's get some nineties bone melty, bad Morphe CG of him turning into a kid. Yeah. I want an Animorphs style, uh, (laughs) morphing into a child. (laughs) I like the idea like, of him being able to like transform into different stuff, though. Thinking of like Animorphs. Like, I would love it if, like, oh, crap. Every now and then, yeah, I also turn into a puppy. Like, it's you just really want frustrating. I, I'm, I have all the books if you want to try. <laughs> yeah, I think I just want Animorphs. So, yeah. So, this is enjoyable in a kind of, like... I wouldn't tell someone to watch this in, like, a, oh, my God, you have to see this bad movie, Detective Conan Letter Challenge. Mm-hmm. But it's not the best movie, and it's entertaining in some t- in some like deliberately cheesy ways sometimes or you know this is a, a so bad it's good movie i don't know not not for me but i hear you mm-hmm. i'm glad you enjoyed it 
If you look at it as like what it actually is, which is not quite a movie and more like it could just be a like a two or three episode length J-drama, which is basically what it is. Like, that's all it is. Yeah, I definitely get that vibe that. Uh, well, I haven't watched that, but I got uh, when you said drama, I'm like, I'm thinking like afternoon TV yeah. days of our lives. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Pretty awesome. soapy yeah. stuff. How was the mystery? Were you intrigued? Did you want to figure it out? Was it too simple? Was it too complicated? <laughs> I was happy I caught the kidnapper thing because I was like, oh, that matters. Cool. I'm getting, oh, I caught a clue. Um, but I didn't, I should have known that it was her and I didn't. So they got me. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. Her character's here for them to, like, the boys to sexualize her. Oh, boy. They sure did sexualize her, like, really hard for a minute. You mean when they all scream, she's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want you to teach me something. I forget what it was. Like, I want you to, I want to learn stuff from you. I'd like to learn anatomy from you. Yeah. They they sold it. And I guess that's probably a common thing in anime. Yeah. From my experience, yes. But Mike would have more experience. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, They they stayed true to anime. I mean, if they all got nosebleeds, then it would have been very anime. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was weirdly convoluted and contrived in a lot of spots but like i i don't think i came here for the for the mystery part of it i'll be honest i came for (laughs) watching people pretend to be cartoon characters yeah i was gonna say yeah i wish with my motivation it wasn't so like out of left field like you are the reason my boyfriend is dead because they tried to draw this whole parallel to the fact that shinichi's about to disappear when they were in the warehouse and she's like oh if you were to disappear she'd fall to pieces just like I did. And he was like, eh, I think she'd be fine. Like, no, she would. Her, her life would be over. She'd be a walking zombie. No, I think she'd be okay. Because that's about to happen for like a million episodes and she's fine. The, it, it was just sort of like shoved in. They didn't really do a lot to justify that being the thing. They even do a line like, I feel like a kid or something like that. Like, I feel like there was some sort of thing. Like he kind of took a nod to like, like, aren't you glad? Like, oh, don't you miss being young? And it's just yes, like. Yes, he did do that at Tropical Land. <laughs> okay, cool. There was something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the mystery is okay here. It's not like rocket science, but it's fun to watch it unfold. And there's the moment when he talks to her at the end is drawn out. But but I always enjoy confrontations and revelations of how things are done. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see, we'll see if you agree with me. I, I feel like the primary audience I would recommend this to is like real diehard case closed Detective Conan people who like okay. need more and mm-hmm. know that this is going to be like a little cheesy and a little different. With that said, like, I don't think it's the worst movie for someone who has no idea what this is about to watch, and you might still enjoy it. But there's just so many better options. I didn't say that. <laughs> I know that I can go to work tomorrow uh, and tell, like, all of my staff to or my, or my job or, like, coworkers at my job to, to watch this movie because I work at an eco-friendly cleaning service <laughs> uh, full of, like, young people. Of, and, like, when I mentioned, like... Well, if it's anything like when I mentioned Lord of the Rings to them the other day, I have a feeling because I mentioned Detective Conan uh, casually today and a few ears went up. So I was like, okay, cool. So I will one, get you listeners and two, get more people to watch this movie for some reason. I mean, do you want to know how many people watched it on IMDb? Not a lot. No. For for comparison, Sophie's Choice, 45,000 people rated it on IMDb. For this movie... 137 people 
watched it. That's more than I would have guessed. I would have guessed it was like 40. I have bad timing because I usually say where you can find it. We watched this on Amazon Prime. And when Michael and I originally watched this about six months ago, it was free with included with Prime. And now it is no longer included with Prime and you have to purchase it. Uh, or rent it or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always encourage people to buy Detective Conan DVDs, Blu-rays, and films because uh, I want to see more translated. And this is weird because it's actually on there as Detective Conan Letter of Challenge and not Case Closed Letter of Challenge because the anime name was changed, but this is a live action thing. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> Kai, I just mm-hmm. like to imagine that you like mentioned Lord of the Rings and then everybody just starts working like 30% faster. <laughs> they all perk up and they're like... <laughs> Oh Gotta my get God. this done. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what, what did happen is because uh, the only person that might actually, hold on. Well, now I'm trying to make them listen to the, your podcast. They might listen so to this episode. Them, no. So I got to be cognizant here. These freaks. Yeah, no, no. But, uh, oh, uh, no, but I will say as soon as I mentioned that we're going to be doing Lord of the Rings on our podcast, uh, they were all like, I'm a specialist. I'm on your podcast. <laughs> like a few people were like, I should come on your podcast. And there was just like, you were just amped to talk about Lord of the Rings. Super hard. <laughs> Are you doing the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings? Yes. Extended editions? Uh, I think so. And yeah. like animated? Okay. Hobbit? We're going to do the, ex- we're <laughs> debating the animated, but also extended cuts. I'm on for it. I don't know where Jim stands. This is a great opportunity though. For you all to tell people about Rotten Treasure, the the podcast, and where they can find it. Jim, I did it last time. Did you? I did it last time. Oh, yeah, because I went, you do it, and then you went, oh, sure, I'll do everything then. Yeah, yeah, no, you fucking do it. <laughs> all right. Hi, we're Rotten Treasure. We uh, watch movie franchises go on for just a little bit too long, and we have on a lot of our, our friends, mostly from uh, the Philadelphia comedy scene. Mike and Noah have both been on three times now technically mm-hmm. yeah and it's a we talk about sometimes the movie but more times not the movie because we don't care <laughs> yeah probably shouldn't say that in describing <laughs> our podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah just take that away folks we just don't give a shit about our listeners we'll talk about what we want when we want deal with it <laughs> sometimes that's the movie though as they as they say in improv follow the fun right you go with you go with what you should be talking about and you know so we end up on tangents from and i'm always going to say this jim i'm sorry jim shitting himself at lancaster (laughs) 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 as topics to me being punched in the face while riding a ripstick along the Mm. east river somehow yours is more embarrassing by the way i know somehow so yeah it gets a little all over the place did you let someone be kidnapped uh no oh well i i can't tell you why i was riding around the east river at 1 a.m on a ripstick you have to use your imagination you could listen to the episode was it a was it a solar powered jet propelled ripstick yep okay it was yes and then i uh i got attacked by somebody uh when they punched me i just like found a a soccer ball on a bike nearby and i just kicked it right in their face (laughs) and now kai's a child how do people locate you do they send in uh an envelope with like rotten treasure and a personal check to oh no please don't do that you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify and i think that's it no that's wrong you can literally just type us into the google and you'll find us in all the places google Podcasts. it just goes everywhere jim mm-hmm. yeah Isn't that true there are podcast apps that have our podcast that we don't even know where they got it from. There's, <laughs> they take it from like, each other. They copied it. <laughs> they downloaded it. iHeartRadio and you don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Uh, also, Patreon. Oh, yeah. Check out their Patreon. 
<laughs> follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Rotten Treasure Podcast, I think. Thank you so much, Kai and Jim. You have watched so many movie series, and now you have watched a very small portion of the Detective Conan movies that exist. If you want to come back and watch the other 23 plus, uh, you know where to find us. Kai is shaking their <laughs> no, head. This is, yeah, no, no, That's no. Right. But I will say this is a nice break from the other, like, from the other nonsense shit that we see. Yeah. This is like, this was fun. Like, thank you so much for having us on to do this because this is outside of my yeah, element. Episode 50. Yeah, Ooh. no, fuck yeah. Congrats. I didn't say that earlier, but fuck yeah. yeah. Congrats. If everything goes according to plan, we'll do a Detective Conan movie every 25 episodes. So episode yeah. 75. Our semi-centennial yeah. episode. Is that how you would say that? <laughs> yeah, you oh, could say yeah. it that way. You could also say 50th episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not enough gravitas. <laughs> Your second annual I'm going to stop. I, I'm, I'm done. Our first <laughs> annual 50th episode. <laughs> Your inaugural 50th. Well, I really want to thank um, our audience for listening to this and tuning in. Maybe you've seen this movie. Maybe you're going to go see it right now. I didn't do my normal disclaimers at the beginning and warn people that we were going to spoil it and tell them how to find it. So uh, maybe they got to the end and they didn't know we were going to ruin the movie. <laughs> Oops. Assuming you don't hate us and enjoyed the podcast and want to spread the word, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review us or wherever you listen to the podcast, follow us, subscribe, whatever that service allows you to do. You can also stay in touch with us on social media, Dying Message Podcast on Facebook, at Dying Message Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Find out when we release new stuff and what's going on. See some screenshots here and there, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to send us an email to DyingMessagePodcast at gmail.com if you're going to be kidnapping anyone. Yeah. Don't kidnap anybody, please. Please don't kidnap anybody. Kidnap everyone you can find. (laughs) Steal children. (laughs) Jesus. Jim, Jim, we're trying to get listeners, man. You're ruining it. (laughs) I'm trying to corner the kidnapping market. (laughs) Well, we will have another mystery guest next week, and we will be covering uh, uh, Michael. Hmm? Something's happened. Something's happened. What's happened? I don't know. The, The podcast is missing. The podcast has been stolen? The podcast has been stolen. Did anyone leave a note? Yeah, there's a signed note. It probably killed itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what does it say? It says listen to rotten underscore treasure. <laughs> I hope it says take your heart. Does it say take your heart? No, it's like a it's like a cat's eye. Oh no, it's, it's I don't know. I don't know what that I don't someone has stolen our podcast and we are gonna have to get it back. God damn it. Not again. <laughs> Kai and Jim look pretty confused. <laughs> Any questions? Uh, I am confused. Well, hold on. I actually have a real fear about this. Like, I I protect my uh, my external hard drive, which has all of our podcast episodes on it. Like the play, <laughs> like it is so important to me. Like, I think if someone's gonna rob my house, that should exist underneath my pillow. Like this. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm worried for you. Did somebody really steal all of your files? I like. Oh yeah, they stole our whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Our whole concept of a detective anime podcast is stolen. God, no. The very idea of the podcast is missing can't believe it i'm gonna go figure this out i'm just gonna sit across the street at this coffee shop that's called cat's eye that's probably unrelated i'll be right back luckily it's raining (laughs) is it it's so sweaty in here for it to be raining according to my computer it's clear michael is the reigning champion on giving subtle hints to what we'll be doing next week (laughs) so what are you doing next week (laughs) we'll stop recording and then we'll tell you Extra, extra, this has been Dying Message Extra, Detective Conan the Letter of Challenge, episode 50 of Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. Extra podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our extra special guests, Kai Bobby and Jim O'Donnell. Coming up, 
Who stole the Dying Message podcast? What is their connection to the three sisters who opened the cafe named Cat's Eye across the street? Is this dramatic setup for next episode too hokey or just right? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The Dying Message. I, tr- mm. I tried to send you, Michael, an image uh, from Obvious Plant of drinkable cottage cheese. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. You saw that? Yeah. <laughs> we love Obvious Plant. What a great sponsor that would be for our podcast. I don't know that they make any money. I think they, need, they might need a sponsor. They're great. I don't know that they have a revenue stream. It's people that go into stores and put fake products like a good sponsor for a podcast. <laughs> Gorilla art. <laughs> I was just going to ask if they were like the Spencers of the grocery store. No, it's a guy who like replaces a DVD case in the DVD store with like an obviously fake DVD mm. sort of thing and nice. then takes a picture of it and puts it on the internet. Good. I mean, honestly, if they just sent us a dollar like a month, yeah, that would be enough. I'd call them the sponsor of the podcast just to say their name. <laughs> and then the next thing. we'll get Banksy. I don't don't know what that is. Nobody does. Are you talking about the artist? <laughs> I was gonna say, Mike, you don't know Banksy? No. I know he sounds like a dog doing art throughout the city, but it's not. Come here, Banksy. But it's a, it's a, it is a human being that I don't think identity has been revealed thus far. Am I wrong? Nope. So Still not revealed. Uh, just yeah, very. Check out the lot of fun art. Uh, sometimes I guess spray painted. Often, yes, no. Oh my God, we have this in my office. Uh, you, have a, you have a Banksy this girl with. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously just a wall print of this, but this, uh, it's a girl with like a balloon that's yeah. flying away. Yeah, yeah. This girl yeah, is yeah, in the front, is neck, like by my desk. <laughs> well, now I know. <laughs> yeah, that's Banksy. Check out. If you ever ever get a chance, watch Exit Through the Gift Shop. That is an excellent movie that I believe was directed by Banksy. Mm. And no one knows who they were. Banksy was the one who sold the NFT that was immediately, it was like a painting that was immediately shredded when someone bought it. Yeah, um, but like not all the way <laughs> shredded. I hate NFTs, so now I'm now I'm like, yeah. Is there a possibility that no one knows who Banksy is because he was an adult, but unfortunately <laughs> was poisoned and is now a small child <laughs> creating amazing artwork throughout the world? <laughs> but no one will believe like a child made that, so he can't. He can't. Yeah. Complain. I don't know why you were waving those scissors around, Kai, but those are the same. <laughs> those are the same thread scissors that I have. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more of a uh, I need something to do with my hands thing. I don't mean to. You know what? That's a, that's a great visual thing to just like nervous tick with is a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have this sea rock. <laughs> he does have a sea rock. <laughs> I have a quarter. Like yeah, I have. That's a weapon. This Digimon. 